This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly, the number one destination for conscious consumers around the world. At Good Together, we value the planet over perfection and believe that you can make positive things happen for the planet every day by being a conscious consumer and an informed citizen. Listen in as I chat with various experts about living and consuming responsibly. So we are so excited to talk to Tori DeVito today. Um, So people probably know you, Tori, for your roles in the hit shows that we all know, like Pretty Little Liars, One Tree Hill, Vampire Diaries, etc. But the reason why we're so excited to talk to you today is there is another side to you that people aren't going to be as familiar with. And aside from being an actress, you're also a philanthropist and a huge advocate for animals and the planet. So would love to just have this awesome conversation with you and kind of let our listeners know why you decided to get into this kind of lifestyle because it's, you know, not everybody does it. Yeah. You know, I I think, well, becoming vegetarian happened to me in my early twenties and it's actually an odd story. I was talking to somebody who had just gone fishing and they were saying like, you know, I'd never gone fishing before and actually afterwards had to kill my own fish gut it, you know, hit it over the head to like kill it. Would you? And I was like, Oh my God, that's so. And then I just all of a sudden had this realization, even though I'd been fishing as a kid, you know, I grew up going to summers in Kalamazoo, Michigan, where my grandparents lived and I'd go fishing with my grandfather. And, but I never did that part of it. And I was like, you know, if you can't do that part of it, you really shouldn't be eating the animal. Like if you can't honor it and kill it yourself, What gives you the right to eat it? And then I went into this whole thing about, oh my God, how traumatizing for the fish and this and that. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I'm not eating meat anymore. I'm not eating anything with a face anymore. No meat. I'm done. And it was just, and that was it. It was cold turkey. I'm a very all or nothing person. And so when I say I'm going to do something, I really stick to it. Um, And so that was it. And then that kind of like grew. I think at first, like I would cheat every once in a while with fish. Like when I'd go get sushi with my friends, I'd be like, oh, it's okay. I'll just eat a little fish here and there. And, um, but I didn't eat any meat. And then I really had this, um, I was talking to somebody, actually, I did a PETA campaign and I told them, I was like, well, sometimes I like dabble in fish. And of course, you know, being at PETA, she gave me the whole breakdown rundown of fish. And then I actually started learning about overfishing and, you know, what it's doing, how it affects dolphins and sharks and all other sea creatures and what that's doing right now. And I don't know if you recently saw Seaspiracy on there, but I learned all of that, like in my early twenties, late twenties at this point. And I was just like horrified all over again. And I was like, okay, so no more fish. And then I had that realization where I was like, well, wait a second, I'm not eating a burger, but I'm wearing a burger because I was wearing a leather jacket at the time. And yep. I was like, so how does that make sense? And I was like, okay, great. So I'm not going to buy leather anymore. So it kind of like all happened in spurts of realizations. Yep. And I tried to be easy with myself, especially with like 
the whole fashion thing, because it's just, nobody has the time or money to just go, okay, I'm going to get rid of everything leather that I own. Yeah. You know, I still wear things sometimes like a purse or something that I had uh, pre not buying leather Yeah. because it's like, I'm not going to throw everything away and I'm just going to now not buy anything new Yep. that um, is animal product. And so that's kind of how it all started. Yeah. I mean, there's so many awesome things I want to dive into there, but I I feel like we all have this sort of eureka moment, light bulb moment turns on where we discover an aspect of our lives. That's not as planet friendly as we thought, or maybe we just didn't even think about it. Right. I feel like that's most of the time, right. You just go through life and you just, I mean, there's a million other things going on. So there's like no judgment here, which is we, this podcast is very, very anti-judgment. Um, and yeah, I mean, my, my journey was more like a waste journey where one day Mm. I just had this realization, like, why am I using Ziploc bags for everything? Or like, why do we have this culture where you go get some food and they wrap it in a bunch of plastic and then you eat it? I mean, it's like literally your food touches it for like two seconds and then you throw it away. And I think there's just, we all have these moments where we, we, we just, it causes us to take a second and, and take a step back and think about things in a more conscious consumer way. Um, and you know, we talk a lot about materials and, you know, whether we're, we're thinking about, you know, things that we're eating or we're thinking about things that we're wearing. And I think leather and, you know, these animal-based materials, that's one of the top questions we get, um, on good together and on brightly, which is I have all this leather stuff. I've recently become a vegan. What do I do with it? And I love that you, you know, kind of gave us a preview to how you think about it, which is. I don't want to go throw everything away because that is creating more waste. So why don't I just continue to use the stuff that I have? Um, You know, if some people aren't comfortable with that, then by all means, like think about, you know, re-gifting it to somebody or donating it, um, reselling. I mean, we, we do a ton of uh, content here about how a lot of times, like if you just chuck something to Goodwill, it doesn't necessarily end up where you think it does. So like, you know, reselling or like donating to a small shop can be really useful. Um, I think it's fascinating. And I'd love to know too, like, since you, you kind of went on this journey earlier in your twenties, um, you know, how did that affect, you know, your filming schedule and like, you know, your, your career, because I would imagine not everybody on set was thinking this way. And maybe you kind of had to deal with a few (laughs) weird, weird conversations or how did that go? Yeah. I mean, I still have to have those weird conversations. I have to say, I mean, especially I'd say more so when I go to visit family in Mm. Michigan or somewhere, um, else it's always still like oh are you still eating that weird stuff I'm like what things that don't breathe you're like like, still (laughs) yep (laughs) but it's just like and I have no judgment on what they eat and what's funny is I feel that sometimes people will throw judgment on you in fear that you're gonna throw it first yes and I'm like look I have no problem eat the way you want to eat this is how I eat and if you ask me a question about it I'll tell you why but I don't impose it you know what I mean like my boyfriend is definitely not a vegetarian and that's something I've always had to I don't think I've I only I think I dated one guy in my entire life that was vegetarian you know what I mean and I'm not gonna impose that if you I'm definitely gonna speak up and say something but but I love that you say that about the waste because I think that that's so important. I think waste is like a huge problem right now. And I try really hard um, not to be wasteful. Um, but anyways, I'm jumping all over the place. Back to being on set. I think the hardest thing for me like work-wise was um, the food that they had on at Crafty. And uh, I think 
especially earlier in my career, you know, I was very new yep. and I didn't feel like I had that big of a voice to be like, Hey, I only want these products. I only want this kind of food. Yep. So I would try to say it and I feel like I would say it to some makeup artist and they'd be like, okay, sure, sure, sure. And then I would see they were using like Chanel makeup on me or something. And I was like, I yeah. know that that tests on animals, but yeah. you know what I mean? So that was always very hard to, for me. And then I had to go home and say like, okay, I did the best that I could do. Yeah. Don't be so hard on myself. Just continue trying. And I feel like it's like that even now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm in a situation where, you know, like you said, like to go food, sometimes you don't know. I'm like, do I, I'm out here. Do I waste all this food that we didn't eat? Or they only have styrofoam to go cup up containers here still. Like yep. what, what's worse? You know what I mean? So, and sometimes I make choices that I'm like, I probably should have chosen the other one, but you can't beat yourself up. If you're really trying, you just got to like pat yourself on the back for the things that you did. And then do better the next time, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. The conversation about, yeah. And the conversation about what's worse too. Yes. Like, I mean, you, we all, the, the question of what's worse, there's so many different things that go into that, right? Like there's the facts, but then there's also what you personally know, what you personally identify with. Yeah. And, you know, it's very, it's, I would say it is impossible to find the perfect product, right? The one that was made yeah. with the best materials in the best supply chain, um, you know, has zero animal testing, like all of the boxes right? Yeah. It's very, very hard, if not impossible to find that. And so as you think about becoming more values driven in your purchasing and your lifestyle, it's really personalized. Um, yeah. And so for us to go out and say, okay, I'm the best in this, or I'm going to pass judgment on you. It just, it no. doesn't even make any sense. Um, and right. that's how we started. Like I literally felt the same way when I would go and, you know, think more about, you know, my waist or, you know, cut back in my meat. I'm from Texas originally. So, you know, a lot of meat <laughs> yeah. going on down there. And <laughs> I also felt like people would judge me and I'm like, look, I don't care what you're doing. I would love for you to think a little bit more about it. So like, let's have a conversation right. like two human beings, but, um, you know, it's, it's hard to get people on board that way. So I absolutely yeah. agree with, with the thought around, you know, trying to get people to think about a little bit more and, you know, I also feel like, you know, I know you're very plant focused in the way you live. And so, you know, just maybe even inspiring the person who's purchasing the food for the craft table right. or, um, you know, for craft services and, you know, maybe inspiring the makeup artist who is right. only used to using Chanel. And you're like, Hey, I know this brand that works just as well as, you know, a, another brand, uh, let's, let's talk yeah. about this and they don't test on animals. Like, yeah. how do you bridge those conversations with people? Um, I always give suggestions like that, but it was even harder in, um, in the good old days. Uh, yep. <laughs> it was, it was harder because there were, uh, they did have good arguments for certain makeup was better to use on camera and yeah. did have more coverage in this and that. And I'd be like, I don't know enough about makeup to really yeah. dispute that. And I don't wear enough makeup when I'm not working to dispute that. Yeah. So that was always really hard. But, you know, always having those conversations going up to, you know, the craft table and being like, hey, can we have more like, you know, vegan products? And sometimes you have to explain to people what that is because yeah. so many times, like if a server will come up when I'm at a restaurant and they're like, are there any dietary restrictions or whatever? And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, vegetarian or I'm vegan. And they're like, okay, so do you eat fish? A lot of people still don't know that yeah. that doesn't incorporate fish. So it's, you know, you just having to explain it or, you know, be willing to have that conversation and talk about it. And I feel like a lot of people want to know the information and are interested about it. And it may not hit them the way it hits you, but 
hey, at least you're talking about it. Yeah. And I feel like there's such an, an, an now a movement of people who want to live like this, or at least yeah. are thinking about it. And so my hope is as more yeah. and more people become interested in this type of lifestyle, more conversations happen and there's less of confusion and also just more options. And I think, yes. you know, from an innovation perspective, I'm really excited to see products coming out to market that mimic what people are used to. I know there's yes. like a huge you know, for people that are really, really hardcore, um, you know, plant focused, a lot of them get squeamish about the concept of like the impossible burger or something I that's don't. like trading X or Y. Yeah. So do I, <laughs> right. I love it's pretty it. tasty. I love it. And everyone's like, well, wait a second. You eat, you don't eat meat. Yeah. Why? That's that hypocritical. I was like, I never said I stopped because I didn't like the taste. Yes. I'll be the first one to say, I used to love eating bacon. Are you kidding? Yes. I love that flavor. And so finding things that mimic it for me, I can't tell you how I excited I got to see that Panda Express just made a vegan uh orange chicken. Oh, they there. did. I I'm didn't like, know that. <laughs> oh, they did. They're doing two beyond meat um dishes, one like broccoli and beef and one orange chicken. And then oh, KFC cool. just implemented the nuggets and then they have the Impossible Burger at Burger King and I am not a fast food queen at all, <laughs> but I get excited for that stuff because I'm like, wow, now if I am on a road trip and I'm yep. fine there is something for me and it's fun. And it's like a little cheat thing. And I yeah. know it's not going to be great for me, but I can eat it and I can indulge in it. And I love that stuff. Absolutely. And there's a, a, a piece of accessibility here too, which is, yeah. you know, people in the United States, like we, you and I are on the coast, like people are, you know, we might be in areas that have a lot more options for people that are plant focused yeah. but for the vast well, majority actually, of people. Oh, I'm sorry. What? I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Tallahassee right oh, now. Oh, you are so. right now. Oh, okay. That's yes. right. Okay. So well, there there's go. not as much accessibility, but absolutely. And I mean, we're I all moving around. Stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really nice to know that like you can be, you know, in not near, you know, an area that's serving people from this perspective and go into a Burger King and see it. Right. Um, or, you know, something like that. So I think that's really interesting and is yeah. another way that the conversation continues to move forward. So I, I I'm super excited about it. I am too. Um, so do you have any tips for people who are looking to make the switch? Like, did you, you said you kind of started by thinking, okay, maybe I'll have a little bit of fish every once in a while. Like yeah. what, how, what other things did you do when you switched over? Um, gosh, I don't really, it was so long ago, but yeah. I did, I stayed with fish. I stayed with fish. That was my transition, um, thing. And I just had fun kind of doing some research, right? Yeah. I feel like now it's so different. Like we said, you could really do a week of vegan and not really feel like you're missing out on anything. Cause like you said, at any grocery store now, almost you can find beyond meat or impossible meat. And they have really like the beyond sausages and the beyond, you know, I make this, um, vegan bacon. I forget what the brand is, but I make it here. And my boyfriend actually prefers that yeah. to regular bacon now. So I would say, I don't know. I, like I said, go easy on yourself. If it yeah. feels daunting, I say, why don't you just try like meatless Monday yeah. or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know what I mean? And then like, give yourself a break on Tuesday and Thursday. If it feels overwhelming, just slowly start implementing these things and, you know, try meal prepping. I, yeah. I always find that really fun. You know what I mean? Um, 
And also we have Instagram and all these other outlets now. I follow I follow the hashtag vegan recipes. Yep. And so I'd like Instagram become has become for me a big recipe book, basically. And I have found so many amazing vegan chefs on Instagram that their recipes are so simple and so delicious. So it's like the the possibilities are really endless now. That's awesome. Well, shifting, I think, from diets, um, I know a huge part of being an actress and being somebody in the public eye is the outfits and the clothing, right? (laughs) Whether you're thinking about like your costuming or just what you're wearing on the red carpet. So I'm curious to know how your, you know, vegan lifestyle and also just like thoughts about sustainability have incorporated into, you know, your, your fashion senses as well. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really interesting that for a lot of characters, I have had to, um, surrender a little bit. Sometimes they will get some, uh, wardrobe. I'll try to get, you know, vegan fashion implemented into some characters. And then I have to also honor the character and what they're doing and this and that. But there are some like lines that I ask not to be crossed. Like, I'm like, okay, if, if you are going to give me like a pair of leather boots to wear for this character, like we're doing a winter show, like on Chicago med, I said, I don't care what is going on. I am not wearing Canada goose jackets. I'm just not like that for me is like two across the line. I can't do that. So they would always try to find vegan stuff for me, but I feel like for costumers sometimes who are doing so much work, it can be a little overwhelming for them too. So I do have a little bit of grace there, but I definitely give them my hard nose. And that was definitely one of them. Um, but you know, yeah, I think it's the same thing. Like you got to kind of like work with people. I feel like the one thing that will get you exhausted from this process is being super rigid about it. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it can be, it can be tough when you're working with somebody else, right? Like they didn't make that choice. And so you you might feel a little bit like, okay, well, you're, you're adding to their workload. So I like that you've thought about it. Like, okay, let me give them some grace, but let me tell them like, no, I'm not comfortable wearing that because I'm not comfortable with how, you know, this is manufactured and like where the materials are coming from. Um, and, and making it about that too, right. Maybe even another educational piece, which is like, Hey, this is why I'm not comfortable with it. Not necessarily being preachy, but just like heads up, like this probably isn't coming from where you think it is. And so, you know, maybe, maybe by just understanding a little bit more about this, you'll think a little bit more about purchasing that piece. Right. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't have to be such a preachy moment because I learned, especially on med, right? Like we were so cold all the time. So we'd always have these warm up coats that we'd wear even when we were on stage. And mine was a different brand than most. And they were like, why is yours different? And I was like, because I'm not wearing Canada Goose. And they were like, why? And I told them what the fur was made out of. And I told them, and some were like, oh, I don't want to wear it either. And others would like laugh and be like, whatever, I don't care. And this and that. But it would become this joke of like, oh, here goes Tori again. And if you're <laughs> laughing along with them, it does become fun and it can become funny. And then you can kind of use that humor as a tool to keep going. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Then it becomes like, what's in your bag today, Tori? What weird stuff? And I'm like, well, let me tell you. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then it it just becomes this funny thing. It doesn't have to be so like, you know, we are talking about serious things and 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 companies that do do harm to these animals, but in an odd way, this might sound a little more, but we can talk about it in a more lighthearted way yeah. to make people who are using those things feel more invited in the conversation. Absolutely. Cause I find that that's what, you know, that's why people are so scared of a lot of organizations that stand for animals. Cause they come at it. Like if you don't change your thought view, uh, your views right now, 
then you're wrong. You're doing this wrong, yep. well, you know, and it, and it takes people by surprise and makes them kind of resist the process more. So I found like being lighthearted with it and just being like, well, I don't wear this because that's why, you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> and I can accept that because you're not judging me. Like you said, we're not judging me for it. Absolutely. And I think that's like one of the best ways to get people on board with you, right? Like my mom always used to say, you get more flies with honey than vinegar, which is so Southern, but it's <laughs> yeah, true. It's so true. <laughs> but it, it's so true, that. right? Like you, yeah. you literally, you're going to get people on board when you approach things from a non-judgmental way. And so yeah. that makes so much sense to me. And yeah, yeah, we, we all the time, like both at Brightly and like in our larger community of, of good together listeners, we all laugh about being like the eco one most of the time. Like yeah. we're not like most of us, I think aren't surrounded by a bubble of eco people. And so, right. yeah, like you might have to be that one, but I always talk a lot about obviously like non-judgmental, like you're saying, and then sparking that curiosity for them, because right. I think that's how you and I got into it. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, you learned about one thing. You're like, well, that's interesting. And you kind of went down a right. rabbit hole. And while we don't wish for everybody to go down a crazy rabbit hole, <laughs> maybe, maybe we want them to, to maybe go ease into it a little bit. Yeah. I think just sparking that curiosity and getting them to think about it can then yeah. lead them on to other learnings and sharing and all totally. these things, right? Totally. We all like to be the one that has like the cool fact or the cool story up front, Yeah, right? Why not? exactly. The cool fact. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's so funny. I was actually talking to um, my boyfriend's kids and they were getting Chick-fil-A and they said, would you like some? And I said, yeah. no, um, no, I don't eat at Chick-fil-A. And they're like, is it because you're vegetarian? Like, do you just want some fries? And I'm like, no, it's because their establishment's pretty much homophobic. And they're yeah. like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. And then I kind of like laughed after it. And then they laughed and they were like, oh, and I'm like, but you do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you? And so, and then it becomes this funny thing where it's like, do you what do you not eat here for? Well, yeah. what do you not eat here for? And instead of being like, sit, sit down, everybody, I need to tell you, this is very <laughs> yeah. important to me. You know what I mean? Chick-fil-A intervention. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like, Oh, here's story again. You know, um, my favorite part though, is, you know, a lot of times I'll have to do eating scenes on set. Oh, yep. And you know, that, that's a hard no for me. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. never going to eat. Cause also I think I'd get sick at this point. I mean, yeah, that's, that's true. A low reason why I would, it would, bleh. but, um, no, not because it just wouldn't, I, I don't think I could anyway. Yeah. Um, but now we have so many options. And so I'll say, you know, I'll go up to my co-star and I'll be like, Hey, I can't eat this. I know we're eating it together in the scene. Do you mind if it's vegan? And luckily they've always been like super cool about it. And like, yeah. no. And then when we're eating it, they're like, wow, this is actually really good. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> You like it, don't you? I've ah. always wondered if you actually eat the stuff when you're filming, right? Or if it's you like do. one of those things. What about wine? Is that like just colored water? Grape juice. I was about to say, yeah. Otherwise, people yeah. get wasted. <laughs> no. <laughs> so juice. funny. They've done that like actual fake wine that tastes like real wine before, oh, yeah. but I prefer the grape juice because oh, yeah. it's just the other one's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, hey, it's good to know that, yeah, sometimes you are actually eating what they are on screen. I always wondered. Right. Like, you, know, you, you do. <laughs> But it definitely try to keep it warm. It's always cold. Oh gosh, I'm cold. sure. I'm sure. It just sits there too, and you're like, mm. you're like, come on, people, let's let's keep going. No. I know, right? <laughs> it's getting cold. Oh, that's so funny. Well, yeah. kind of transitioning from your work life and you know all of the things on set. Let's talk a little bit about this big project you've been accomplishing in your home life, which is this renovation of um, a huge farm, 7.6 acres, um, renovation of this in Michigan. So tell yeah. me a little bit about like 
what that journey has been like and how have you been doing this sustainably? Because I've also been going through a remodel and I just, my mind is blown at all of the like craziness that go waste and, and all of those things that happen when you're doing this, right? I know. I That was another thing, like go easy on yourself, right? Yes. I mean, what I did the most sustainable, I have to say, is I didn't buy any new furniture for it. I okay. was able to... Um, my mom was moving out of a place and I was able to take that. And I think a lot of people think like, Oh, how is it all going to cohesively flow? And there are so many ways you can kind of like put your touch on old things. Yes. So I luckily, I mean, it's, it's a pretty rather large, um, home. I think there's like five bedrooms in it. And I was able to just get furniture from other places, nothing new. Um, so that was really nice. And then other than that, it was, it was difficult also because, you know, I'm in a smaller area. Yep. Um, not a lot of people know some of the stuff that I may be talking about, you know, but I really worked with everybody and tried to do the best that I could, you know, the shelving, we found like, you know, older reclaimed wood, you know what I mean? Trying to do stuff like that really. Yeah, that's great. And I, you're right. There's absolutely, especially for people that aren't architects and aren't like, they're not super close to everything. It can be almost impossible again to do everything yeah. sustainably. So thinking through that, and I love your thoughts on the reuse of furniture. Cause we, we talk a lot about reuse of like kitchen things or, you know, fashion, but furniture is a huge one where I feel like people yeah. don't think twice about spending money on pieces that obviously aren't going to last a long time, like just right. really cheap stuff. And then when the time comes, they just, I mean, I don't know if they put it on their curb, maybe they like, right. I don't know. It's, it's pretty crazy. And so I think people have this pull when they move into a new place to be like, oh my gosh, nothing's going to work. Um, let me yeah. get everything new. And so I think it's really cool that you were able to take things that may or may not have like gone together necessarily, but then thought about it creatively and figured it out. I mean, like, did you do like mood boards or how did you figure out how to make them all like come together? Uh, No, I wish I would have. I I did it in a very overwhelming way. I had like (laughs) two pods and like trucks of stuff all come at the same time. And I was just looking at it and envisioning as I went, but it's crazy. Like you said, like it all so cohesively flows now, but it was literally from my mother's beach house some from my house in LA, some from my old childhood home. And you'd think like, wait, how are you going to fit all that furniture together? And it, and it did, it really did. You can, I love, but I like eclectically eclectic stuff. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, you're right. We don't think about that think about, you know, everybody moves into somewhere and they're like, Oh, we got to get new. It's got to be new. And it's like, yeah, there's so much waste. Um, in furniture, if we think about the waste in the fashion industry, imagine what the furniture industry, Oh my you gosh. Know, I don't yeah. think that gets talked about enough at all. No, it doesn't. And I think there's such a, a pressure on people similar to what happens in fashion where people feel like they need this like specific aesthetic that's trending. Yeah. And so, you know, you might have stuff that was cool 20 years ago that you're now like going to pitch out because it's not cool anymore. And right. You know, so not only is it, um, you know, being thrown away because it doesn't look a specific way, but it probably wasn't made really well anyway. So there ends up just being this kind of like nasty cycle. And I think the more that we can 
kind of get away from responding to trends like this, whether we're thinking about fashion or furniture or really anything. Like the more yeah. we think about coming back to the classics, rehabbing stuff that originally was there. I mean, I remember like, well, you know, this is, you probably do too, but like a while ago when it was cool to paint furniture, like people don't really do that yeah. much anymore, but you know, that was like a thing. People would like- <laughs> I did that, yes, <laughs> yeah. totally. People, everyone did it, right? And I think like now it's not as like cool, if you will, but like, you can still do it in a way that looks really nice. Right. Totally. So like not, not yeah. falling prey to this, like, Oh, everything has to be blonde wood right. or right. whatever, or otherwise right. it's not cool. Right. Um, because I'm sure your parents have stuff. Like you said, you, you brought stuff from your, yeah. your mom's house, right. And you were able to do it in a cool way. Um, so totally. I think that's awesome. I, I love that. And so, you know, as we kind of think about, um, your, you know, your next steps in your sustainability journey, what are you, what are you excited about? Like, are there any pieces of your, you know, eco-friendly lifestyle that you're looking to shake up and change? Like, is, are, do you have like a, a thought process there or, you know, to give me a little bit of insight there too. Yes. One of the things that I'm in my, uh, basically like what I'm trying to like up my game in. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What I'm trying to up my game in big time is I, I mean, I actually here in Tallahassee found, um, a composting company that comes and picks up the composting once a week, which is great. Yeah. I really want to learn how to compost myself. And I also really want to, I know this, this is going to, I feel like this sounds the opposite of everything I talk about. I feel like people would think listening to what I say that I would know how to do this really well. Yeah. I have a, I do not have a green thumb. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. Me I neither. All plants. I I'm don't not know why. <laughs> I don't know how. Like I have to say, even my boyfriend for Christmas got me that in-home garden thing. Yep. You know? Yep. I think they're all dead now. And I was like, wait a second. I thought this thing did it itself. How am I killing these two? Like this is terrible. <laughs> Stresses me out. Yes. Um, but that's what I really want to get good at. And and I'm hoping that my experience with the farm this summer now that I moved in there and yep. we're going to be, um, in Chicago and, and, and Michigan more over the summer, I really want to focus on just honing in on learning how to garden and, yes. and making my own food that way so that I can at least grow my own lettuce and peppers and things yep. like that. And, you know, fruits and, and veggies and stuff like that. Um, and learn my, my stepdad, he does that. He composts his stuff. Yeah. He has a big bucket and stuff. So I want to learn. That's where I really want to, want to up my game big time. Yeah. Same. I'm not, I don't have much of a green thumb either. And I also have those indoor um, solutions, which work to an extent, but then yeah, something goes wrong. Like we have some algae in it right now, which I think has killed some of the plants. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, you know, I think a lot of it is the fact that you have to, you do have to pay so much attention to it. And yeah. I think we're all so busy that it's really easy to just like, oh crap, I forgot to monitor this. Or, you know, some house plants are more difficult than others. Like those fiddle leaf figs, as much as we love the way they all look, like they're so hard to keep alive. Like you're literally supposed to like dust off the leaves all the time, <laughs> yeah. which like that's on another <laughs> level, right? Like I've yeah, been over that's... there like, oh, these guys are have like a thin, a thick <laughs> level of dust. I need, so I think Think that that's definitely something that I would also like to work on. And I think that's just one more piece of curiosity and like discovery where, especially if you're growing your own food, that can be such an unlock to be like, wow, like yeah. this stuff is so much more flavorful. Yeah. It's, you know, it's done in a way that I'm comfortable with because I'm literally using my two hands to do it. And yeah. whereas before 
that used to like not be cool or whatever. You know what right. I mean? Like your grandma did it. <laughs> right. But I also think it's so empowering because then yes. it makes you feel like, you know what, if there is a zombie apocalypse that comes, <laughs> I will know how to go out in the back and grow my own food. Right now I would be helpless. I'd be like, who's going to feed me? Um, I feel that way. This is so funny. You have no idea how proud I get when I can build my own fire at the farm. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Yes, I did it. And I feel like if I feel that proud over that, growing my own food is going to feel like such a triumph. Oh, absolutely. It will. You're going to (laughs) be, yeah, you're going to just be giving everyone all your neighbors knocking on the door like, hey, look what I made you. (laughs) Would you like some cherry tomatoes? (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, to wrap up our conversation, I always like to ask our guests a a similar question, which is we kind of talked about what you're looking forward to doing in your personal life around your sustainability journey. But, you know, being somebody who's in the public eye and gets a chance to interact with a lot of different people, Is there anything that you see as like a change in the eco movement right now that excites you? Like people are paying attention to things more or is there, you know, any, any type of, um, you know, change in sustainability that you're excited about? Yeah. Just that I'm seeing it more and everywhere, you know, even I, I, my, uh, workout shoes had really run low and I was like, Oh, where am I going to go? And, you know, I'm here in Tallahassee, which is smaller. It's not like LA or New York where you can go you know, find the vegan fashion, sustainable fashion, yeah. you know, everywhere you look. And I went and I even saw that Nike now is making these, you know, they're not a hundred percent recyclable, but yeah. they have these recyclable shoes now. And, you know, and even, you know, kids here in town, I've noticed like prefer the vegan nuggets over the real chicken nuggets and, and stuff. And I'm noticing, I'm like, okay, so even in smaller towns, I'm seeing these changes, you know, yeah. being able to find that composting company here so easily. And, in in Tallahassee. That really excited me. So I do feel like whether it's people are seeing the environmental effects in front of their own face right now, and that's waking them up, or if it's an animal thing, or if it's a health thing, whatever it is, I do feel like more people, it's at least on their radar. And what also really excites me is I feel like all these huge fashion companies that are like the leaders in fashion are finally saying, okay, we're not doing fur anymore. You know, I don't know many that are actually doing fur anymore. I think they've all kind of said no, which is so exciting and animal testing. And that's gotten a lot better. So the fact that like the biggest of the big companies are kind of starting to get on board, that to me is like, super exciting. You oh, know? absolutely. Yes. I love it. And a lot of times, you know, when we post about big companies on social media, you know, we'll get backlash on, you know, cause people right. just, they, they don't understand like either what's going on or how, if a big company makes a change, it can have such an, a huge impact compared to right. a lot of small ones. And so yes. we say, look, you know, that doesn't excuse them for past behavior. And it also doesn't say like, oh, they don't have to keep innovating. Right. But I think seeing these things happen on a large scale is is awesome. Tori, thank you so much for joining us today. This was an amazing conversation and I know our listeners are going to love it. Thanks for 
joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And as a special thank you to our listeners, use code GOODTOGETHER to get 10% off all products in Brightly's brand new shop full of planet positive swaps for your home. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social, where I know you can find us at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together, so have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.